Ladies and gentlemen, I'm calling the budget workshop of January 23rd, 2024 to order. Mr. Chairman, Corp is present. You know what time it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very special, special budgetary session of the Council Roundup with your host, Trent R. Nelson. We are, of course, so happy to have you with us once again. Last week, we had a fairly deep and in-depth roundup of the City Council's work on the Council Roundup. They finished a whole bunch of 2023 ordinances and began the process of, well, going through some new 2024 ordinance numbers and they hinted at the budget machinations which went on across several days last week as well as of course culminating in this special budget edition a lot to get to of course big budget presentation we're not going to go over that ad nauseum. We are, of course, going to go through it. We're going to touch upon all of the different parts that Doug Brown, Chief Utility Engineer of CWOP, went through, as well as, of course, where the money sits for our electric and water, what innovations the city says need to occur. There's some that certainly much of Springfield will not like, although while requested rate hikes or water are certainly one of our big points of discussion this week. We do need water to survive. We do need water to live. Alderwoman Jennifer Notriano was perhaps the most frustrated by the suddenness and the sharpness of the requested rate Hikes, of course, poor communication as it concerns issues of this nature can often cause more frustration than being openly transparent. Plus a little discussion concerning Hunter Lake, Renewables, Dalman, Unit 4. So much to get to on this very special budget, CWLP-themed council roundup with your host, Trent R. Nelson. And so, without the usual ordinances and other points to get to, we will begin. A moment of silence was held for former CWLP Assistant General Manager Jay Bartlett before Chief Utility Engineer Doug Brown of the City Water Light and Power began to boogie. He went through all of the particulars, noted the total utility value of CWLP to be at $17,108,432. Meanwhile, Dolman Unit 4 was mentioned as a positive, as a reason why electric rates had been kept comparably low, and spoke about the positive and negative advantages and challenges that City Water, Light, and Power's electric division experience, such as their quality of staff, future energy generation plans, as well as grant money that is lined up, while, on the other hand, regional electric grid reliability, the shakeup as it concerns market rules with recent legislation, environmental regulations, aging infrastructure, supply chain issues, and employee retention are difficulties as per 
the chief utility engineer. Need more engineers, folks. That is another large point that Doug Brown made. Pool of engineers available is shrinking and retaining and attracting new employees of this type is sometimes difficult. Then Scott Rogers was introduced by Doug Brown to discuss the electric fund. And he was uh, in very many ways positive on uh, the future. Fuel costs having relaxed recently, he was bullish as it regards primary projects for the fiscal year 2025 electric fund. Some of those are relocating the dispatch center, an ISD data center, which is an estimated cost of $18 million. Yet for that particular project, we are all still waiting on the final engineering and design, which should be to the community by the end of that fiscal year 2025. He noted $3 per year for various tree trimming and line clearance, pole replacement, substation and relay replacement, transformer replacement between the poles and the transformers. Many are between 50 and 70 years old. Innovations concerning LED street lighting for those that do not love the purple hue that certain streets sometimes have. There was so much there. Westchester Wind Farm interconnection plans, my solar solar farm innovations, potentially at least. There was a great deal of explanation. Scott Rogers did note that there were 109 solar installations in 2023, 8.1 megawatts worth of installed capacity from customer and consumer installations. That is only to increase likely over the coming years. He explained the various grant projects such as the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grant, the IDOT State Planning and Research Grant, the APA Demonstration of Energy and Efficiency Developments Grant. These are in order, allowing for an electric cargo van to be purchased, as well as home energy audit equipment, will allow the city to collect assets in the downtown area using LIDAR and other ground-penetrating radar equipment, and will allow for the installation of AI cameras and thermal imaging in various substations for the purposes of monitoring and data collection. He spoke about cybersecurity upgrades. Before moving on to discussing the rail consolidation projects, before Doug Brown returned to speak a bit further, Scott Rogers also went on to note again about Dalman Unit 4, the Unit 4 conversion analysis, which has previously been discussed on this program as well as on some of our other programs and at WMAY.com. The Ash Pond closure, which was discussed, I believe, two council roundups ago, which is at minimum 10 to $15 million, and made sure to let the community know that CWLP does remain the cheapest compared to the other state facilitators. As Doug Brown returned, CWLP's energy future was discussed. He discussed the zero carbon rule by 2045. And for those that are not aware, 
That is the new rule that means that all fossil fuel plants must be retired by that date. He spoke about carbon capture technology, which, of course, has been spoken about here. Much of what Doug Brown and Scott Rogers mentioned has also been spoken about in some of our interviews with the Sierra Club individuals such as Don Hanrahan and Nick Dodson. You can hear those prior interviews at WMAY.com. He noted that, quote, we've been after solar for some time now in the goal of trying to catch 100 megawatts of solar energy. But he said that solar is at a premium currently versus some of the alternatives. And while the city is looking into battery infrastructure. Batteries are currently 10 times the market price for capacity, which leaves them unfeasible relative to what the city's budget looks like. As it concerns expanding the wind power of the city, quote, reliability is first and foremost with all planning. And that, of course, as he also noted, must be considered as Illinois looks to avoid a similar situation that Texas suffered several years ago when the collapse of their own power grid led to several deaths and great deal of suffering and criticism from the outside. Yet it should be, of course, reminded that in that particular circumstance, the power grid collapse was due to, in large part, negligence as it concerns maintaining those facilities in extreme temperatures. That winter was very, very cold in Texas. And as per reports from that time, winterization had not been undertaken by many of the companies and the people ultimately suffered the price for that. But of course, we are also always looking in Springfield to protect the consumers, protect the citizens. And that is what Doug Brown also wants to do. And as it concerns structural issues across the city, Doug Brown had some bad news for those who are interested in attempting to better balance the municipality's budget. Quote, we would have to cut all infrastructure work and all personnel to balance the budget. And so with that said, he argued that there was really no choice but to increase the revenue by raising rates in order to support all of the necessary projects. Now, we've hinted at that several times before. And while there is so much meat on this bone that we can go through and get to, you can find the entire budget report on the City of Springfield's website in PDF form. It can be downloaded. It can be printed out. It can be read. It is thick, but full of brilliant information. And of course, if we do not wish to read, we can also listen to the entire over two hours of the City Council's special budgetary meeting. We will not be playing great swaths of it this time because this is, believe it or not, a shorter program than watching the city council itself. We're the Roundup, but we're going to take a quick commercial break here on Council Roundup with your host Trent R. Nelson. We will be right back. And you know what time it is. Council Roundup with your host Trent R. Nelson. Welcome back. We have, so far during this special budgetary council roundup, we've spoken about Chief Utility Engineer Doug Brown, Scott Rogers also spoke. They spoke about 
the water fund of the CWP as well as the electric fund and both divisions of the public utility office. And of course, you can hear the entire budget meeting at the City of Springfield's website. You can also watch the entire meeting from Tuesday on YouTube. WMAY.com does in fact have a link to. Now, as it concerns the biggest news from the meeting, it was none of that stuff earlier. It was in fact that CWLP is requesting a rate increase of 32% for the upcoming year. But that's not all. They're also requesting another 32% rate increase the year after. For those whose math is a little bit rusty, that means that they are asking for a 32% rate increase on the current rates. And then that Additional 32% rate increase would be 32% higher than the new fiscal year 2025 number. So that is not a cheap date, as my mother would cheekily say. But they are seeking to issue bonds for dredging of Lake Springfield, which is an innovation that has been discussed by this host and various individuals that we've spoken with. Older people, environmental activists, business leaders, they all bring up dredging. But these bonds would also work towards the relocation of the water distribution complex, as well as water plant improvements, crew equipment enhancements, and Lindsay Bridge upgrades. But that's not all, because, of course, we know that apart from Lake Springfield needing dredging, as well as all of the continued uh, hubbub from certain corners of the city about Hunter Lake, there do need to be water main replacements as well, especially as it concerns certain parts of the city where lead pipes, which bring water to thousands of the denizens of the capital city of Illinois, they need to be replaced. 11,000 service lines are still in the ground which were constructed with lead. That is 20% of the system. That is one in five water pipes. If you do not think that it affects you, consider that for your water to get to you, the odds of it going through at least one pipe that was made with lead is quite likely more than 20%. Hence, these are matters of, well, of life and death, to be frank. And since this state of Illinois, our wonderful home state, is one of only three states with mandatory lead replacement, along with New Jersey and Michigan, this is a non-negotiable. And due to these state regulations, 5% of the lead lines in the city must be replaced per year. At that rate, it will not take very long to remove them all, yet the work must start and the city must find the means by which to do this. The grant money that at one point in 2019 was more readily available is no longer so, and so there are various means by which the city is looking to do that, looking to raise the money for uh, all of the innovations that uh, we don't just want, but simply need to continue living comfortably. Now, 
again, as we noted, no one is thrilled about these requested rate hikes. All of the older people made similar points that while obviously innovations like the aforementioned are necessary, that the rate increases are difficult for many across the community to swallow. And as Alderman Chuck Redpath noted towards the end of the hearing, quote, nobody wants to pass a water rate increase, but we've got to look at this seriously now. This is important to the health and welfare of our citizens. It is, of course, difficult to argue that point. It is the point that the host of this program just brought up mere moments ago. Now, we could sit here and rehash all of the banter and points that each older person made. We already highlighted Alderman Redpath and Alderwoman Notriano's points. Each representative had very positive, succinct things to say, biting at points, but also sympathetic and understanding of the collective need for such infrastructure action. But we're going to take a quick commercial break again here on Council Roundup with your host, Trent R. Nelson. We will be right back with the audio of the citizens to close out our special budgetary session of the Council Roundup. We'll be right back. And you know what time it is. It is the Council Roundup with your host, Trent R. Nelson. And as promised, we have the audio from the citizens who decided to address the horseshoe. Both had points to make as it concerned the CWLP, Hunter Lake, that was Don specifically, renewable resources and means, infrastructure. And again, why listen to me explain their points when they can do it for you. I'm Don Hanrahan, 4981 Smith Road, Pleasant Plains, Illinois. Office address 1119 South 6th and Springfield. I want to address just a couple of things with respect to the electrical side of CWLP. The MISO, I'm not an expert, but I know more than the average person about how electricity is generated in the MISO grid. And I don't know much, but I know more than the average person. And what that indicates to me is that trying to figure out things about the future of CWLP's power generation, the integration of what they're doing now with what needs to be done in the future with renewable energy is an incredibly complicated issue with a lot of moving parts that it would really help to have somebody else help us to understand. That's why we need another integrated resource planning. The last one was done in 2018. It was a five-year plan. We need to assess what we addressed from the last one what we failed to address, and what we need to do moving forward. That would be incredibly valuable. That's all I'm going to say about the electric side. I, I want to say that I'm very happy, very happy that after coming here for year after year after year saying, 
there's unmet huge infrastructure needs in Springfield that aren't being met. Finally, finally, we're getting some of it met, hopefully, at a huge cost. And to me, it's a huge cost that isn't enough. It's not enough because you're not fully dredging the lake. It's not enough because there's 200 miles of water mains that are at the end of their useful life, not seven. Um, it's not enough because the sediment coming into Lake Springfield at uh, Sugar Creek and Lick Creek, the cost to control it wholly control it so that it's not coming in anymore was studied by City Water, Light and Power's uh, uh, third-party contractor, Northwater, in 2017, and the cost was estimated at $143 million. If you want to control it, that's what you got to spend. So, and and None of this infrastructure deals with a separate issue, which is that we have some sewers that are 140 years old. We have a combined sewer system that in 1994, the Illinois EPA said you're not going to be allowed to have that because you're dumping raw sewage into the Sangamon River. So a lot of stuff, a lot of infrastructure, and there's one thing that we don't need. I wanted to point out something that wasn't in the pie charts and everything this year. I distributed this before the meeting. This shows what's going on with water use at City Water, Light, and Power. Uh, the purple-pink line is the actual water use dating clear back to 1935. And the yellow and the blue and the purple is what they've been telling federal regulators and the public is why we need Hunter Lake. Water use in 2023 was 19 million gallons of water a day. The exact same amount was used in 1965. Flat, no growth, 1965 to today. We don't need to add to these two huge rate increases another immense rate increase for something we don't need, we decidedly don't need. Hunter Lake is not needed. Fix the infrastructure. Fix the jewel of, Lake, of the city, Lake Springfield. Maintain it. And don't waste another dime on a project that's going nowhere. We were told, Sean Gregory asked the last time, isn't this the, is this the last study? Could you could wrap it up, please. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, is there any additional speakers that have signed up? There is. Ann Logue. My name is Ann Logue. I live at 1244 North Bengal, Springfield, Illinois. Um, I just wanted to say that we have a lot of new technology that's coming out online. And we need to keep our, uh, our eyes on that and not drag our heels on it. 
There's the iron air battery that is now getting produced, and it is at one-tenth of the cost of the uh, solar batteries I think that Doug Brown was talking about. It can hold up, up to 100 hours. There are three states now that are utilizing and getting ready to use this battery. West Virginia, Minneapolis in Minnesota, and then um, Washington State. We don't want to be left behind on this. You know, in 2006, outside forces forced us to upgrade our coal plant, which now is nationally recognized. So we don't always have the most progressive and forward-thinking uh, tools to work with in Springfield. So, like it was suggested, we need some outside help with that. There's, um, there could be a, just a consultant to come in for renewable energy transitioning. And in terms of carbon capture, there's a limited amount of carbon that we can just pour into our ground underneath the, the power plant. Uh, there may be a, a limited uh, amount of land outside, but forward thinking is that we have to reduce our carbon intake and our output. I'm sorry. And we have to start thinking about what the new technology is out there. Uh, there's a lot of cities that are tapping into this and they're using utility scale uh, processes to do that. So let's not drag our heels on this. Let's get open to it, and let's make sure that we have the staff that will explore those ideas. And that's all I'm saying. Okay, thanks. Hey, well, with that sound, one can truly say that you know what time it is because... That sound means that it is the end of our council roundup. This is, of course, your host, Trent R. Nelson, and we are always happy to have you with us discussing all of the machinations of the city of Springfield's city council for this special budgetary edition of the council roundup. We went through some of the nittier and grittier points. If you want to hear individuals like... Doug Brown, Scott Rogers, and the many other folks who came up and spoke, as well as those members of the Horseshoe that we know all so well, you can find that audio on the City of Springfield website. You can watch the video with links on WMAY.com. But stay yearning for the learning, folks, and keep your eyes and ears peeled for the newest innovations, positive or negative, going around our wonderful city of Springfield. And we will be back next week with our regular edition of the Council Roundup, so stay yearning for the learning, and we'll catch you real soon.